0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Ramble Mania brings to you, it is I, Skullamania, the filthy haze, America's most blunted himself. I'm fucking back. Your first ever Ramble Mania heavyweight champion, Hazel the Eye Zombie. Point and goodies to you all, by the way. Shit. And I said that we were going to be doing a recap of NXT TakeOver 31, along with All Out, but we're scratching that today. This is officially the return of fucking Raw Rants. Oh, man. It's been a minute since I last done this, you know? I mean, you guys saw the video of me explaining everything that's been going on with me. And like, I'm just going to repeat it again. Work schedule has been pretty hectic. Back in school, that's pretty hectic. Haven't really been in a good place lately. But I'm still trying to, you know, find some sort of happiness in my life, especially throughout this month. And I'm 14 months clean and sober from the bullshit. So I'm pretty proud of that. And hopefully we can make it up to year two of sobriety with this cocaine nonsense. All right. So um, this is. This is not going to be a one-time thing where I'm just going to do this and I'm going to disappear for another three months. No, this is legit. This is for real. This is, this is going to be official this time. I'm coming back. I just need to work on my schedule and figure out how I'm going to put all this recording together in, in the meantime. But like I said, this is, this is it. This is going to be now. I need to keep my commitment in check. I need to fucking get my fucking shit together. So this is a this is a start for now. This is a really good start. Um, if there's other things that I do want to talk about, I will bring it up later after the recap of RAW. If not, we'll just save it for another time because I just want to get this done and no whip out of the way right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, submitted to the approval of the Ramblemania Mania show. This is the tale of Lana going through an uh, announce table three weeks in a row. I haven't done this in a while. Without further ado, let's get ready to ramble! We open up Monday Night Raw with Thunderdome and, well, wait, wait let me repeat that. So, we open up Monday Night Raw with the Thunderdome man Tom Phillips, Samoa Joe, and I think Byron Saxton. Why is he still on commentary? So we opened up with those guys. We cut to a backstage segment of Randy Orton talking Randy Orton nonsense about how he was siphon filter the following week, went into everyone's fucking legends room and just attacked them like if it was a Metal Gear Solid game. Everyone basically had a question mark. They see Randy Orton, turn off the light, exclamation point. Everyone gets hit with a chair, but it wasn't them getting hit with chairs. It was just Randy Orton hitting a wall. Okay. Just literally whacking the wall. So he talks about the assault that he committed last week to these four legends, which is Big Show, Christian, Michaels, and Flair, all due to the fact that they helped Drew McIntyre beat Randy Orton in the ambulance match, which, in my my fucking honest opinion, just made Drew McIntyre look super weak. Should have just made him win by himself. All right, so he talks about all that stuff, and then, you know, he mentions the word Hell in a Cell, and the minute he says that, Drew McIntyre just kicks in the door, waving in the 4-4 just starts fighting Randy Orton. And then the officials just start breaking it up. So it just goes to show that we've had this match set up for a while, and we're going to have Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre inside Hell in a Cell. This will be Drew's first ever Hell in a Cell match, so I'm uh, – I want to see how he pulls this off with the big red toy cell and shit. This is what Randy Orton's eighth or his ninth Hell in a Cell match. So I, I wouldn't even know. But if I'm if I wanted to make a prediction right now about this match, uh, I think this is the. I think this is where they actually pull the trigger and just give Orton the belt. I feel like they're gonna do that. And I feel like the only reason that they'll do that is because they really want to push Edge versus Orton, and I think that's where it's going to lead to. And they're going to give Edge the belt. So, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because I can I really want to see Drew have an amazing championship reign. He's had a really good reign so far. I don't want it to just go. I don't want it to just go away that quickly. So, hopefully, with this with this Hell in a Cell match, Drew actually wins. But I do have that feeling they're going to give it to Orton. So, basically, we we cut to commercial. We come back, and there is uh, – I don't know who the fuck was interviewing Selena Vega. There's been way too many interviewers. We have new ones, and Caruso's been doing a hell of a job with her interviewing skills. So, there's a six-woman tag team match uh, that's about to take place, the opening of the show. It's Selena Vega with um, – I don't even know why they made these – to a team, like, they don't have any chemistry whatsoever. Natalia and Lana against Asuka versus Mandy Rose, and the first person that she ever faced in NXT, which was Dana Brooke. Holy shit. Talk about a full circle there. Um, they debuted Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose as a team last week, and I'll be honest, I'm really digging this team. I kind of like it. It gives Dana Brooke an opportunity to be a part of something because she hasn't really been doing anything. And it hides a lot of Mandy Rose's weaknesses. Cause let's face it. She's not, I mean, she's amazing in the ring, but she's not a really good singles competitor. She still needs a lot of work as a single star. So I think putting her with Dana Brooke was a perfect opportunity for them to just shine a little bit more. And it gives Dana Brooke a lot more character work to develop. So hopefully, Hopefully, this goes well for those two. Best of luck with them. So, we basically – this match was a dud, this six-man tag. It was a dud. I didn't like it. It was basically, you know, the faces win, all this other nonsense. The only thing that mattered was Nia Jax and Sh- uh, Shayna Baszler c- coming out of nowhere. I guess those rumors have been killed, Apparently. Because uh, they were supposed to defend the, the women's tag team titles at Clash of Champions against the Riot Squad. But someone, or Shayna, went on Twitter and said, I'm expecting, aka I might be pregnant. So she just shows up on Raw and they beat up Natalia and Lana. And Lana goes through a table for the third week in a row. If this is – if people are really saying that this is Lana's punishment – Well, well, this is Russo's punishment for going to AEW. That's a little bit childish because you're you're basically putting his wife through all this crap. Like she doesn't deserve any of that, but it's still funny. (laughs) It's funny nonetheless. I will I will never in my life not I will never in my life never stop laughing about Lana going to a table. And she's taking those table bumps like a champ though. But it's hilarious. It's just straight up hilarious. All right, so we 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 cut to a segment with our um, truth. Oh, fucking little Jimmy's back. Um, this is 2011 all over again. I did not expect them to tell our truth to bring little Jimmy back. Um, it was funny, but it's kind of running its course a little bit. Uh, I don't know, man. Like with the whole little Jimmy thing is just. It's a little weird to me. Like yeah, our truth is, is a little bit off like he's off balance. Like, um, he's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And you know, he's a funny motherfucker. He he really is. But the whole little Jimmy thing, it needs to stop. Like I'm I'm done. I've been finished with that since they started that years ago. And now that they brought it back, it's just like wow, they they stooped that low, or they just ran out of ideas for our truth to do. So, um, someone pulls a Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, why did I say Drew McIntyre? Drew Gulak pulls a Randy Orton because Randy Orton last week was dressed up in a custodial outfit, basically sneaking around the arena just to attack the legends. Drew Gulak basically did the same thing here and became the 24-7 champion by pinning our truth So we got Apollo Crews backstage with Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. The Hurt Business, or WWE's version of the Beatdown Clan, MVP, Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin. Now, I love MVPs talking. He has his, – his words are just so – you, would, you could hear everything that he says. And, like, this guy has a very, very, very good intellect when it comes to speaking. And he made some really good points here in this promo. There's a draft coming up today. It's Friday. I just want to remind people there's a draft coming up today. And he's giving the rest of these guys a, a time limit to join the Hurt Business because who knows? These guys could end up on SmackDown. These guys could stay on Raw. I mean, who who really knows at this point? So, he get, he doesn't really give them an ultimatum. He's giving them a choice. Like, okay, you got till the end of the show to let me know if you want to be a part of my of my hurt business. Because you guys could go to SmackDown and we never see you guys again. So, they all leave. Apollo and Mustafa Ali leaves, which we're, we're going to get to Mustafa later. We see Ricochet just sitting there like, hmm, he's got a point there. Maybe I should join them. And then, you know, we we basically just, like, we, we cut to the next segment, which is basically the Monday Night Messiah and his disciple going into the ring. They face Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo in a tag match. Um, so before the match even starts, we get a little Sesame Street segment between um, Murphy and Rollins. And all I hear within... This promo. I don't hear nothing else except for disciple Messiah, disciple Messiah. Like nigga, shut the fuck up. Say something else, and it's just like wow. All right, so this is basically dissension between. Like I, I didn't understand why they should have broken up this group a long time ago. The minute they brought in AOP and then Murphy and then like. Right when the whole lockdown shit happened, the whole stable went to shit. We don't see AOP anymore because one of the guys has an injury. Austin Theory had to basically disappear from the faction due to some car accident or some speaking out movement type shit. And now he's in NXT. So though I don't really see where this whole stable thing was going now because every everyone that they had there is basically gone due to, like, reasons. And now we're sitting here, we're dealing with a Jerry Springer slash Maury Popovich angle. Oh, Dominic Mysterio isn't the father, like, is is not your son, right? No, we're not going back to 2005, all right? And now we're bringing up the daughter? We're bringing up the daughter who, who now is starting to have a special love interest for Buddy Murphy. No, I'm not cool with this, not down with it, but I am down with Dominic Mysterio wrestling. That motherfucker could wrestle, bro. I swear, him and Humberto Carrillo, that's a tag team. That's a tag team that needs to stick together. Like, literally, give those guys the tag belts because those two are amazing together. You know, have a, Humberto as a singles guy was great when he was in 205 Live. But now that you have him with Ray's son and they kind of have the same height and they sort of have the same weight, they kind of wear the same gear except Humberto is shirtless. Look. Keep those guys as a team because it's gonna come down to the point where Ray is gonna stop wrestling. And now the whole family is getting involved. God damn, man. Look, it's 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 getting somewhere because it's it's at least not focusing on Ray. It's more focusing on his family. It's focusing on the daughter, it's more focused on the son. The wife is just there to hold her husband's hand. And just be there for support. Sorry if I'm a little sick. I I have been a little bit under the weather, so please bear with me. I will be coughing a lot. Sorry in advance, stuff. But yeah, look here. Match ends. It was a good match. Yeah, no, it was Seth and Murphy win the match. Uh Bernie Murphy got gets the pin. I think he pinned Humberto Carrillo. Then he walks right off the, the arena after the match is over. And then we cut backstage to them, and then we get the same shit. Disciple Messiah! I'm like, wow, man. Like the writing team didn't have nothing for you to say. They just told you to say that over and 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 no. Holy shit, this is getting ridiculous. So, since the draft is coming up today, we, we cut to Braun Strowman, or Big Show number 2, on Raw, and goes to Adam Pearce, who for some reason now has become an official in WWE, and has gotten way more camera time than half of the people that are sitting and catering, waiting to get on camera. So... Everyone's been concerned about what's been going on with Raw Underground. My whole thing is, I think Shane McMahon got it already. So, sorry. I'm just pointing that out there. I think that just makes the most sense. And that's why we haven't really been seeing him on TV for the past two weeks. Or maybe Raw Underground has officially been scrapped. I don't know. But Braun Strowman is on Raw. He wants to fight someone. And basically, Adam Pierce says, All right, I'm not going to put you in a wrestling match. I'm going to put you in an exhibition match. And I'm going to pick your opponent. Okay? So, just be prepared. Braun leaves. Out of nowhere, here comes Mr. Bask in his glory who doesn't get a win on Raw, Keith Lee, and I got a lot of shit I want to say about that. Just wait till I get to that match. He shows up, he's drinking his water, and Adam Pearce is like, you know what? You're in. So, now we cut to the KO show, and KO has a very special guest, which is Ray White. Now, I don't really get to talk about Firefly Funhouse very often. I haven't really talked about it since it's debuted. And let's be honest, I loved it, and I still do. It's probably one of the most like intriguing, interesting things that I've ever watched, and I will never, ever, ever stop watching it, even if it gets boring. I love the theme. He's probably one of the most charismatic, scariest-looking characters that they have in WWE right now, next to Taker, okay? So now that he has Alexa Bliss... With him, I mean, like, holy shit. It's, she really needed this change. I'm just going to say right now, she needed this change drastically because, you know, this whole thing with her having friends and her betraying them, it's it's becoming the same old shtick over and over again, and I'm getting sick of it. Like, they could have done something else for her to just leave Nikki Cross instead of betraying her, like, have her disappear, or have her get kidnapped by Bray Wyatt and then turn her into Sister Abigail. That would have made so much more sense. But no, it didn't work that way. Didn't do that because WWE doesn't like kidnapping, apparently. But NXT could do it for some reason. All right, so Kevin Owens is pissed, wants to fight Bray Wyatt. Meanwhile, he still has, a, he still has an angle with Alistair, Solid Snake Black, Ray Wyatt appears on the Titan Tron, does his little Firefly Funhouse stuff, which is just hilarious. It's just so amazing. And then, you know, Kevin Owens is just getting pissed off as always. He's like, all right, I'm just going to make it plain and simple. If you're not going to come to me, I'm going to come to you. So he gets out of the ring, he walks out to the stage. Here comes Alistair Black beating the crap out of him with his eye patch, and that's it. Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman in an exhibition match. Why did they make this an exhibition? They start out with a collar and tie up, uh, collar and elbow tie up. Look, let's just make this plain and simple. This is the part where I'm going to get angry right now. So, one sec, everyone. Let's put this down. Let's get this. The joke's still going, Yoshi. So. All right. So, here's one thing that's been bothering me about Keith Lee. You have not given him a fucking win on Monday Night Raw. But yeah, you can give him a win on a pay-per-view against a big star like Randy Orton, which is bullshit. Look, if you want us to bask in this man's glory, give this man a reason to be glorious. No Bobby Roode intentions, okay? You, all, you, all you've been giving this man is DQs and double count outs. You are not protecting this man by making him win matches like that. And yeah, I get it. He's won matches via DQs. Drew McIntyre has interfered. Fucking Randy Orton has interfered. But look, if you're not going to give this guy a single win on Monday Night Raw, what was the point of debuting him to begin with? You had him come out in this ridiculous looking gear, this city looking, the city music that everyone dislikes so much. And you have him win one match on a pay per view. But you can't have him win weekly on television. This is how you're pushing your fucking talent? This is how NAC talent gets pushed on the main roster? This is pathetic. This is sad. This is just unreal. That man needs to get a win. He should not be getting double countouts and DQs. Matches should not end abruptly because someone else needs to interfere. It makes Keith Lee look like a weakling. The fact that Drew McIntyre had to interfere a couple of times in his matches against Orton because he was kicked in the head three times, it just makes Keith Lee look like a weakling. The fact that Randy Orton had to interfere in a match against Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre made Keith look super weak. I'm sorry, but let's face it. I love Keith Lee. I am a big fan of Keith Lee, but this is not, and I repeat, this is not how you fucking push someone like him. You want us to bask in his fucking glory? Give that man a goddamn win for once. Fuck. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm probably going to get a knock on the door later. Look, the match ends in a double out. They start destroying the Thunderdome with the barricade. They start destroying the stage. It's pathetic. It's a it's a complete waste of my fucking time. Again, give this man a win or don't use him at all. So we cut to a segment with Bianca Belair being the smartest person in the world, pissing off all her girlfriends by answering every single question that she knows. Smart ass. <laughs> um, she is she is basically Mrs. Perfect. I didn't want to say Mr. Perfect because that would have came out wrong. She is basically the the version of Mr. Perfect. She is Mrs. Perfect. She did a segment where she outran everyone. She outran everyone and did hurdles on someone and beat them. That is just that is just surreal. And now she has a segment where they're doing a trivia, um, they're doing like trivia night, like game night with all her girlfriends. And she's answering every single question like she was on Jeopardy, bro. And all her girlfriends are looking at her like, "You bitch." I like this gimmick because it's it, we like Bianca Belair is so talented. She is so she is so charismatic. She has like she has the uh, the female version of the It Factor. Make her the champion. Make her women's champion. Because holy shit. She is worth my time watching. I love Bianca Belair. She is amazing. All right, now we now we go back to the ring it is basically Shelton Benjamin and Bobby um yeah, Bobby Lashley taking on what the fuck? They're taking on Ricochet and Apollo uh, Apollo Cruz in a tag match. The match was good. I mean, everyone um oh, MVP well, they cut a promo uh, before the match, you know, talking about retribution. Um, MVP calls T-Bar T-Bag and says that the Hurt Business is what nightmares are made of, you know, all that other stuff. And then the other team comes out and we have this match. It's a pretty good match. You know, I, I really I really do like the Hurt Business. They're very, they're very, very good. I didn't like the name at first. I thought it was very cheap and generic, and I thought it was just, like, non-creative. Like, they just said... They just threw a dart at a longboard and said, you know what, we're going to go with that. But after a while, I actually got used to it. You know, the hurt business, like, they, they like to hurt people. I mean, look at Bobby Lashley. He's the United States champion. All he has to do is put Apollo in a full Nelson and it's over. So, yeah, Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley win the match. You know, it, they basically put Apollo in, in the hurt lock again. That's basically Bobby Lashley's name for his full Nelson now, the hurt lock. Kinda kind of a kind of copyright since nah I don't I don't think it's a copyright. I think I'm just being stupid right now. Oh, so during the um during the backstage segment with um Seth and Buddy Murphy, um before Buddy Murphy forces Seth to apologize, but now it's the other way around. Seth Rollins is forcing Buddy Murphy to apologize, and he has until the third hour to do so. So Seth Rollins comes back into the ring. He's waiting on Murphy to show up so he could apologize to him. Murphy now comes out. You know, he's clear he clearly does not want to apologize to Seth. He tells Murphy he's seen what's happened to people who stand in the way of the greater good. The greater good. And, you know, basically he will say, so Yeah, the fucking faction's over, I think. There's no more um no more disciple. I think now Sephiroth beat the crap out of Murphy, and now uh, Aaliyah and some of the Mysterio family came out, and we're just standing by Murphy's like helpless body. Which I don't know, man. I'm I'm so confused because you know, didn't you, Murphy? Didn't you? Didn't you beat the crap out of Ray's son with a kendo stick along with Seph? Didn't you do that? And didn't you try to take Ray's eye out? Didn't you try to take his son's eye out? And now, of all things, this is what ca- this is what pissed me off about this angle. And it involves the daughter, okay? She's going around telling the whole family, oh, Murphy's not like Seth. He's not like Seth. Yes, the fuck he is. He beat the crap out of your brother. He almost took your father's eye out. You're going to tell me, that, he's not like, oh, my God. No wonder why your daddy called you naive. Look here, man. Overall, Seth beat the crap out of Murphy, and the whole Mysterio family are just standing in the ring with Murphy's helpless body on, on the on the fucking mat, and I'm just like, No. And now we cut to the next match, which is basically Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax uh, defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships uh, against the Riot Squad. Plain and simple, they murdered them. Okay? I don't even want to talk about that match. So I'm just going to let you know right now they just murdered them. All right. So now we cut to where things really got interesting. So we go backstage again, and – well, backstage with the Street Profits, basically. They condemn Orton for his actions against the Legends from last week. McIntyre enters and says he's going to kick the crap out of Orton, and they the commercial. So, MVP is out first, is followed by Ali. MVP just takes control of the match early. You know, does his thing. Uh, and then when Mustafa Ali gets some offense... Fucking the rest of the her Business show up, and they're ready to attack Ali. They're ready to just cause a DQ out of nowhere. When from out of nowhere, the lights flicker. It's retribution. And now they're coming out one by one. So this is where shit gets really interesting. So now these three guys are standing in the ring with Ali. They're convincing Ali to join. Join us! Join us! Join us! Join us! And Ali's like, all right, I'm in! And now he joins force. He rolls out of the ring. He stands in front of T-Bar and Mace. I mean, these names are fucking horrible for retribution. He stands in front of them, and he just looks at them like. And then he turns around. He turns around. He has this smile on his face. MVP has his dumb look on his face like. Damn. Oh, shit. They're going to die. We're all going to die. No. They got beat up. The Hurt Business got hurt, and it revealed that Mustafa Ali was the leader of Retribution. So everyone and their mother is going is basically saying, the hacker gimmick has returned! The truth has finally been revealed! I wish, I hope, this is the hacker gimmick thing, because let's face it, they, they try to make it seem like they scrapped it, and then they added this group, and then this group became like some sort of Fight Club Rebellion. And then what was the stupid shit about it was, after all the chaos that they ensued within the Performance Center and within the Thunderdome, they give these guys fucking contracts. And remember, they came in in ski masks and hoodies. Where the fuck did these fucking masks show up from out of nowhere? And these names, these fucking names. Yo, Slapjack is the most homoerotic name ever. Um, His fucking mask looks like a paper plate from catering. And the females, like you know, Mia me Yim, Mercedes Martinez, are in the group also. They need better masks because you basically revealed them. You basically just revealed them. You don't even have to, like you know. My God, look! Last when they date, when they debuted and they started talking, and they had those masks. That was the joke. That was like the joke of the year. But now that you got Mustafa Ali being the leader of this group and everything now coming full circle, if it, it is a full circle thing with this whole hacker gimmick. Then maybe there's a good chance for retribution to make a good comeback, and you know, stop with the whole non stop with this nonsense of just you know these ridiculous masks. They should just take off those fucking masks and just have them be them. Like this is ridiculous. This is just, I did I didn't understand it whatsoever, but you know what? I'm now liking where this is going to go. I'm hoping next week it becomes way more interesting with Mustafa Ali as the leader because. Again, Retribution was good for a while. It lasted, and then it went down to Sitter when they debuted him and when they gave them contracts. Like they, they literally had to make that announcement like, oh, we, we signed Retribution to WWE, and they made them Raw exclusive. Like, they were going to both brands destroying everything. Hell, I was waiting for them to show up on NXT to destroy some shit, and they didn't do that. Uh, now we have our fucking main event. So, it is Drew McIntyre with the Street Profits taking on Randy Orton, Golf Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Bobby Roode made his return last week to face Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Um, he couldn't appear on some of the shows because of travel issues because he was in Canada, and due to the pandemic, he couldn't travel from Canada to the U.S. But now I think he got the okay, and they were willing to let him wrestle, and I'm happy to see him back. Just stop teaming him with Dolph Ziggler. He's a good – like, again, Bobby Roode is a great tag team specialist, but he needs to go back to being a singles competitor. All right, so basically the match was okay. I I didn't like it. It wasn't really something to be, you know, excited for. But it got interesting at some parts, you know, Randy Owen being Randy Owen. The Street Profits are amazing in the ring. My whole deal is that they need to get they need to take those belts off of them. Take them off of them like literally. They should have taken the belts off of them at Clash of Champions when they faced Garza and Andrade. But I don't know. Garza suffered an injury. Andrade's shoulder was up the whole time. And they now they just like forgot about them. So like we don't even know where, where they're gonna go with um with these two so far. Right now they're the longest reigning tag team champions. Where the fuck are the Viking Raiders? Where are, um, where are the teams? I don't know. I guess those are the only two teams. I have not been watching Raw for the past couple of months, so please bear with me. Randy Orton County is a Claymore. His CRKL, one, two, three. That was the end of the show. Oh, my God. So, um, overall, this show was, it wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it was bad. It had some boring moments. I will admit that. But overall, the show had some good things about it. Ali being the leader of Retribution, it's giving Retribution an opportunity to shine more and make them more intimidating instead of this whole laughing, joking, numbnuts shit that they're doing right now. Um, I want to see where... um, I want to see where the tag team division is going to go with the Street Profits now since there's nothing for them. I guess they're just adding them in six-man competition. I mean, hell, maybe it could be Dolph Ziggler versus Robert Rue going after those belts and they just might give it to them. Who knows? Who knows? Um, What else? I mean, I I would like to see Kevin Owens versus The Fiend. If Kevin Owens does go to SmackDown tonight, I hope it's against the Fiend. And you know what? I got plenty of time. Let's talk about the draft real quick. Who do I want to see from Raw go to SmackDown? Well, for starters, I really want to see Keith Lee go to SmackDown. He does not belong on Raw. No. Put him on SmackDown. Give him some time to shine. And then maybe we can have that match between him and Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman's the champion right now. Don't get me wrong. And this heel character that they're doing with Roman is, ah, I love it. Why didn't they give us this years ago? Um, Keep The Fiend on SmackDown. Keep Aleister Black on Raw. Um, Nobody in the tag division should be switching sides. The Street Profits should not go to Raw. Cesaro and Nakamura should not go to SmackDown. Cesaro and Nakamura should not go to Raw. But if they do split up Cesaro and Nakamura, I kind of want to see Nakamura on Raw already. Because I mean, SmackDown was good for him, but it, it's it's now getting. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not really feeling Nakamura on SmackDown anymore. Um, Sami Zayn should go to Raw. Um, who else? Who who do I want to see? Ricochet should go to SmackDown. Ali should stay on Raw. Apollo should stay on Raw. Um, Lucha House Party should just stay on SmackDown. For the women, um, well, let's let's face it—they're not gonna have—they're not gonna put any of the horsewomen on this because we haven't seen Charlotte in a minute. Becky is still um, on in her pregnancy status. Sasha and Bailey have an angle going on, and they're not gonna fucking drop that shit for one of them to go to Raw. So that would be a fucking waste. Uh, who else? Who else? What, what other women do I want to see get switched? I would like to see Lana get released. <laughs> I'm joking. I would actually want her to go to SmackDown. Oh, Carmella has a new gimmick. What? So, is she the new Emelina now? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What is going on with this? Like her old gimmick got her like into a lot of things. It made her money in the bank, it made her woman's champion, but now it became fucking irrelevant. None of those reigns meant anything anymore. Now it's just like she's the untouchable one, and she has an Instagram Polaroid camera. Um <laughs> She's the new Emelina. That's, that's all I'm going to say. That's really all I'm going to say right now. Just keep her on SmackDown. <laughs> Natalia, stay on Raw. I mean, she's better off there than on SmackDown. She could help some of them. Mickie James should go to SmackDown. Uh, the Riot Squad should stay on Raw. Uh, I think that's it. That's like basically everyone well, I, I, I know right now. If there's any NXT talent that gets drafted here, which I hope they do, um, I would like to see the Undisputed Era, or just I don't know, like Adam Cole go to SmackDown because he'll have amazing matches over there. Oh, I I would like to see Jeff Hardy go back to Raw. I think he'll be perfect for Raw, and I think he'll um, he'll help some of the um, the The mid-card guys, too. You can help some of those guys out. Yeah, I think that's basically it. Um, This is the part where I usually would tell Tev where where to find us, but now I have to do it. (laughs) So follow us on Twitter, Ramble Mania Show, Instagram, Ramble Mania Show, YouTube.com forward slash Ramble Mania Show, Facebook.com forward slash Ramble Mania Show. And you can find me personally on Instagram at iZombies, double I Z O M B double I E S C. Like I said to you guys in the beginning, this isn't gonna be a one-time thing, and then I'm gonna be gone for three months. No, this is it right now. We're gonna we're gonna go back to our regularly scheduled program of me going back to work. All right. Um, when will I be doing the uh pay-per-view recaps again? Possibly next week, I need to watch everything all over again on my days off so that I can be prepared for it. But all I will tell you right now is NXT TakeOver 31 was fucking, oh my God. But you're going to have to wait for my thoughts on that. But without further ado, for Hazel the Eye Zombie, I would like to wish you all a point and goodies, a two sweet, a good fight. And a good fucking day to you all.
1: Smoke weed. Black 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 Black
0: Black